Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello, this is Dr. Jim Morrow, and this is To Your Health, and we're here today with another episode of hopefully interesting and timely topics that we're going to try to educate people about and get your interest peaked and hopefully get some uh, responses and some questions like we have in the first couple of episodes. I'm here today at uh, North Fulton Business Radio with John Ray. John's running the board. Hey, John. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You've got another great topic. I think it is. I think it's an important topic. It is important. It's an important topic. It might not grab people like erectile dysfunction, but it's an important topic. <laughs> no, that that one got some responses. We, we, we got some responses off that one. So John tells me we have some questions that came in from last week's episode on statins, and so we'll get to those at the end of this talk. Today we're going to talk about vaping. Everybody knows about vaping. Everybody knows something about vaping, and some of what you know is accurate and some of what you know or think you know is not. So we're going to talk about vaping today. Uh, it's impossible to talk about vaping, though, without first talking about why people vape, which is nicotine, uh, because it's all a, a delivery system for nicotine. So what does nicotine do to your brain? Uh, nicotine is a chemical that activates the, the circuitry, if you will, in the brain that regulates feelings of pleasure, uh, these reward pathways, they're called. Um, research, show, research shows that nicotine raises the level of a chemical in the brain called dopamine. Dopamine is one of the main chemicals involved with uh, pleasure, with drive, with energy, and it also is involved in the desire to, to consume drugs and other things that stimulate dopamine. So cigarettes, uh, as opposed to vaping, cigarettes also cause a decrease in an enzyme in your brain called monoamine oxidase. Uh, and that's an enzyme that breaks down dopamine. So if you want to have more dopamine, one way to do it is to have uh, less monoamine oxidase so the dopamine doesn't get broken down. It stays around longer. You feel better longer. There's more dopamine in the circulation or in the body of the brain doing its thing. Um, one thing about dopamine is that the... Uh, increase in dopamine makes you want an increase in dopamine. So this is where you get into the addiction end of this whole thing. Uh, when you feel dopamine levels go up, you feel good. That makes you want to sustain that high dopamine level and the desire for repeated use of whatever chemical or substance you might be using. And in this case, it's nicotine. So nicotine gets into your brain. Nicotine causes your brain to release these chemicals that otherwise, in certain circumstances, would normally be released. But your brain very quickly becomes addicted to nicotine and dependent upon the presence of nicotine to release these chemicals in a normal way. And that's the definition of a physical addiction, is your body requiring some foreign substance to be present to do its normal activity. Now, signs of nicotine addiction that you can actually notice are and everybody that's ever been around anybody that smoked or did nicotine, whether it was smokeless or whatever, has seen these. But first is clearly an inability to stop. Uh, most people that smoke realize they'd be healthier if they didn't, but they have an inability to stop. And when they try to stop, they go through withdrawal symptoms. 
the withdrawal symptoms can be uh, wide in variety, but mainly they are irritability and fatigue and maybe nausea and headaches and that kind of thing. But irritability is one of the very top cause uh, symptoms of withdrawal from nicotine. Another sign of nicotine addiction is the desire or 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 a t- or continuation to use things with nicotine in them, even when health complications show up. So you're you're getting nicotine in your system, however you might be, you're smoking or vaping or whatever it is, and you start having problems, but you still don't stop. Uh, my mother was a smoker of probably since the age of, I think, about eight from what I've been told by family members and her. Uh, and when I was about eight, she got hoarse. And she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, now, Mrs. Morrow, you've got nodules on your vocal cords, so you need to either stop smoking or you need to stop talking for six weeks. And the woman walked around the house and went around everywhere and did not utter a word for six weeks. She she was in the house and she was a homemaker at the time. She would wear her little apron and had the three little pockets in the front. In the middle pocket was her cigarettes and lighter. In the left-hand pocket was a note and a, pen, a notepad and a pencil. And in the right-hand pockets were notes that she used repeatedly. One said, do you want a whipping? And one said, go get my cigarettes. And that was what she did for six weeks when we were outside playing, as kids did back then, 1962, three, something like that. She would clap her hands for us to come inside. And after this long pass, whenever we were outside and she needed us to come in, she'd clap her hands at the back door. You could hear all over the neighborhood. But she was not going to stop smoking, even though health complications arose. And another thing is if it negatively impacts your life, and that doesn't have to be health, that can be Anything can be relationships or anything. People continue to use nicotine. And that's how you know that somebody has a problem with nicotine. So we have worked for years in the medical community to try to help people get off of nicotine. And frankly, it's it's a difficult thing to do because it is so very addicting and because what it gives you is a pleasurable feeling. So that's a double-edged sword. Uh, Years ago, a medicine called Wellbutrin was – on the market, it still is for depression, and it raises dopamine levels in your brain, among other things. And so they studied Wellbutrin, and they found that Wellbutrin could actually be used to help with cigarette smoking and nicotine addiction. Uh, so they marketed it under the name Zyban, um, and they had some success, but the problem they ran into was that doctors realized that insurance companies weren't going to pay for Zyban, so instead of writing Zyban, they would write Wellbutrin for their smokers who were not depressed but were smokers. And insurance companies for a while got to where they wouldn't cover Wellbutrin for anything. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot on that. And it works fair at best. You can't say anything more than fair for it. And then lately there's been Chantix, which is a Pfizer drug. Chantix came out. And Chantix works when you take it right. And at some point, we may very well do an episode on that. But Chantix is one of the things that you can take to get off of nicotine. And about the only other thing there is is support groups, friends and family, that kind of thing, people just encouraging you to try to not do nicotine. So vaping came out around 2000, I guess probably five, I guess it was, and became very popular very quickly. So if you think about where we are with vaping, we're 14 years-ish into the existence of a vape ability. And 
if you think about where cigarettes were way back in the day, you have to believe that there's an awful lot we don't yet know about vaping. And I can promise you there is. If you look at the history with cigarettes and, and nicotine and tobacco, in 1950, the tobacco companies came out because there was starting to be some talk about cancer and heart attack and smokers. And the tobacco companies, six or eight of them, came out with a, quote, frank statement to cigarette smokers. That sounds very important. And this was published in newspapers across the country. as a full-page ad. And they stated that they felt tobacco was completely safe and caused no harm. They said that, quote, for more than 300 years, tobacco has given solace, relaxation, and enjoyment to mankind, end quote. Well, that's true for those 300 years until they realized that during those 300 years, an awful lot of people were dying that didn't need to. And then finally, in 1964, the Surgeon General came out with his report that became famous telling about smoking causing lung cancer and laryngeal cancer, and that progressed to chronic bronchitis and heart attack and so forth and so on. And then finally, they changed the labels in 1965. And if you look at a label of cigarette, on cigarette pack today, many of them have graphic images of what can happen to you if you smoke. So our education about cigarettes came a long way, and I firmly believe it will with vaping as well. Because I can't sit here today and list the chemicals that are in vape smoke that will harm you. But I can tell you that they are there, and there's nothing much good that can come out of putting them in your lungs. So what, what is not a treatment for nicotine addiction? We talked about the things you can do. And it's important to understand that vaping is not a treatment for nicotine addiction. People who are vaping are not less likely to smoke cigarettes. They're not, less likely, to, they're not likely to smoke less cigarettes. They're not likely to decrease their nicotine consumption in any way because they're going to be vaping and they're getting nicotine that way. Is that would be like the person that started chewing nicotine gum and got hooked on it and had to start smoking to get off the gum. So that's just not a way to do that. And if you hear people that are telling you that they're vaping so that they won't smoke, you really need to question what they're doing. So vaping is a general term for e-cigs and a brand name, one called Juul, that we'll talk about. But the bottom line is that all these devices are what's called an electronic nicotine delivery system, an ENDS, E-N-D-S. So if you're puffing on something electronic, you're vaping. And if you see the people riding down the road like I do on Georgia 400, and there's a huge cloud of smoke coming out of their car, and the car is not on fire, these people are vaping. And you just have to wonder what good is going to come from putting all of that in somebody's lungs. Well, not only is it bad in that way, but vaping has been shown to increase young people's risk of starting smoking. Now, you can argue the gateway theory of drugs and marijuana and so forth all day long, but it's getting more and more difficult to argue against the idea that vaping is a gateway, and it's a gateway to other forms of nicotine and so forth. And there's, there are worse things in cigarettes probably than there are vape, but there are not any good things about putting all this stuff in your lungs. There's just not. The young people that have started by using some form of a vape, an electronic cigarette of some sort, are eight times as likely as non-vapers to start using cigarettes. Now, you would hope and you would think that in 2019, the numbers of people using cigarettes would be going down. But because of vaping, 
That's not as true as it could be. Now, part of the problem is that you don't just get nicotine in these things. A lot of the vapes have flavorings added to them. Uh, and every, it's been shown in the past by research that adolescents, young people, young adults are known to be very susceptible to flavorings. And some of them have high quantity of, of flavorings. And if you're eating that, that's one thing. But if you're getting that in your lungs, the damage it can do just from the pure irritation standpoint is not good. If you look at how the lungs function, one of the things about lungs that helps them stay healthy is a thing called cilia. Lungs have these little tiny hairs that line the bronchial tubes, and they all beat in what's called a metachromatic fashion, which means they all beat the same way at the same time, like a field of wheat with the wind blowing. So if you think about the way the wheat looks when the wind's blowing, these little cilia are working that way, sweeping the bronchial tubes clean of a bunch of mucus and stuff that gets in there naturally and everything from the environment, and they're constantly cleaning out the bronchial tubes. Well, cigarette smoke paralyzes these cilia, and soon after they are paralyzed, if you continue to smoke, they just fall off. So now you're not cleaning your bronchial tubes like you normally do. And the, the chemicals, the additives, the flavorings and things like that in vape smoke can do exactly the same thing. Now, the biggest problem with vaping is in the younger age groups because these people are, are susceptible to habits and, and things like that that are not good for them, then they have no concept whatsoever that they're going to be bad for them because, as we all know, they all think they're immortal. And they all underestimate the risk of getting addicted, and they overestimate their ability to stop once they get addicted. So it's important that we're all aware of vaping and that we're aware of who around us is, certainly in our family, but otherwise as well, and try to encourage people not to do this because there's just nothing, like I said, that's going to come out of that that's going to be good. So if you look at the types of electronic cigarettes, there are multiple types. There's a lot of them. There will be even more. Um, when they first came out, the first generation looked a lot like a cigarette, and it was actually disposable. Uh, you would smoke on that or, or, or suck air through that, as horrible as that sounds, and it would be much like a cigarette, and you would get nicotine that way. They came out with one larger, and then that was more like the size of a cigar, I'd say, after that, it had a, actually had a rechargeable battery in it. Uh, it's the shape of a pen, but it's a lot like a cigar, and, and it has liquid in it that has nicotine, and you would vape that. And then they came out with the ones that don't look like cigarettes at all. These are large ones. They've got a large battery on it. It has replaceable parts and so forth. But the latest one is uh, a device that looks a lot like a USB drive, and this is the one that's called a Juul. That's J-U-U-L. J-U-U-L. It's an odd name, marketing name, of course, uh, trying to attract young people to it. And they will tell you in their advertising that um, this is intended for older people, but it's younger people who are buying most of these. And I encourage you, if you're a parent, to pay attention when your child has a USB drive and be sure it's a USB drive because from across the table, they look exactly the same. They have a much higher content of nicotine than traditional cigarettes do or some of these earlier generation devices do. So a jewel is more likely to get you a higher concentration of nicotine than some of these other things. So please keep an eye out for that. Nicotine concentrations vary dramatically. Uh, some are nearly the same as traditional cigarettes, 
And some may not have a concentration that's as much, but if you smoke it or vape it faster, you can get a higher concentration of nicotine in your bloodstream. There's a fair amount of mislabeling along these things, and you have to be careful about that as well. But the nicotine delivery is affected by how you use this. It's not a lot like a cigarette. I've not been a cigarette smoker, but I'm pretty sure you can get more nicotine if you suck that thing faster and harder. And uh, that's just nothing about that that's going to be good for you either. But with Juul in particular, you get nicotine almost three times faster than a typical cigarette. And that alone will increase the likelihood of addiction. Many of the people that use them, the youth especially, are not even aware of the fact that the device has nicotine in it at all. Many of them will tell you, oh, it's just flavor or it's just this or that. But it's, it's very, very few of them. I've not even seen or read about one that didn't have nicotine in it. Now, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's very probable that vaping is not as bad for you in all aspects as cigarette smoking. Uh, but the vape do, is not free of toxins, and it does deliver harmful chemicals. There are 60 different chemicals in the smoke from a vape, and we don't know what all of these are. We, we, you read studies about heavy metals like lead and that kind of thing, uh, and, and other things have not even been identified yet that are in this smoke, but there certainly is the potential for toxic chemicals. There's no question about that. If you talk to people, the vapors, about what they think about what they're doing, 31% of them think that they're about the same as cigarettes. Only 4% think they're more harmful. A third of them don't even know, don't have a clue. And another third think they're less harmful. But their overall effect of vaping has been that since the data was started to be collected in 2011, in 2011, 1.5% of high school-age students used electronic cigarettes. 2011, 1.5%. 2017, that number was up to 12%. Eight times an increase. Middle schoolers. Middle schoolers are doing this as well. Now, I have no idea how they're getting them. I'd have to get Sheriff Ron Freeman from Scythe County in here to tell me how they're getting them. I'm sure he could tell me. But in 2001, half a percent, one out of every 200 middle schoolers were using them. And in 2017, three and a half percent. And that's a huge increase as well. In adults, more than half of the people that vape also smoke cigarettes. And in young adults, not quite half, but about 40% also smoke cigarettes. So if there is a gateway drug out there, I firmly believe that it's a vape. If you go to a local school, high school or middle school, you're going to find that a large percentage of these kids have used some sort of a vape in the last 30 days. And there's evidence in multiple studies that have been done in this country showing substantial evidence that electronic cigarette use increases the risk of using cigarettes. And we already know what cigarettes can do to you. I talked about the percentage of people that don't think it's harmful. A huge percentage of people also think that it's just the flavoring. I mentioned they don't know sometimes it's nicotine. And I think that's true. And ignorance is a terrible thing, but it can be corrected. We just have to work on it.
there's an awful lot that's not known about vaping, but I think the important thing is to use some common sense here. And I realize as well as anybody does that common sense is on the decline, but we've got to start somewhere. And this is a very good place to start. We don't know an awful lot about these chemicals. We know that they deliver nicotine in levels similar to combustible cigarettes and sometimes even faster and in some cases even higher. And this has caused a great deal of concern for the potential for risk of addiction as well as the harm that comes from nicotine. And if you're not familiar with what nicotine uh, does other than the effect it has on your brain, the effect it has on your cardiovascular system is huge. Nicotine causes direct spasm of arteries. You can shut arteries down by introducing nicotine. And so it has a huge impact on your vasculature. The developing brain, the adolescent and pre-adolescent brain, uh, with nicotine involved in it can result in nicotine addiction and other vulnerabilities to addiction that make other drugs come into play as well. Pregnant women who use nicotine or vape or smoke, either one, are at greater risk of stillbirth and preterm delivery. Low birth weight infants is a huge problem among smoking mothers. These 60 chemicals that I mentioned uh, that are found in the, in the liquid have an impact on your lungs that we don't understand, but we can pretty much be sure have no good impact on your lungs. They're not making you healthier. The flavorings, we're not sure about what all these can do, but one thing we know they do is they increase market share. The devices that have flavor are very popular. Uh, it's gotten out of hand to a degree. Some are labeled thin mint and some ready whip. The ready whip, I think, got pulled because of patent infringement. I can't imagine thin mint's not going to. Another thing that can happen is you've got this electronic device right here by your head. It's got this battery in it that you're going to be recharging in some cases or replacing in others. And explosions have occurred. Now, this thing's three inches from your mouth at most. And an explosion occurs, and it can be very dangerous. And if you have somebody that that is a selling point to get them to stop using a vape, then drive that point home. This thing can explode right here in your face. But the important thing about vaping is all the things we don't know. Vaping is in its infancy still, very much in its infancy. If you think about cigarettes and how long they were around before we started getting reports about what was going on. Now, vaping is being studied much more than cigarettes were in the beginning, so it's not going to take us that long. Um, but it took 50 years before cigarette companies started realizing what it could cause. And I can't imagine what good can come from waiting around to see what would happen. So if there's somebody in your world, in your environment that is vaping, encourage them not to. Talk to them about what can happen and, and what you don't know about what they're doing and, and how it can lead to cigarettes and all the things we do know about cigarettes. But if you're thinking about vaping, think before you start, before you even buy that very first device. Because the nicotine addiction that you'll have within just a day or two probably of vaping is something you could keep for the rest of your life and cause you harm for the rest of your life. To Your Health is brought to you by Mara Family Medicine. Mara Family Medicine is a primary care practice in Cumming and Milton, Georgia. 
where we use both technology and old-fashioned attitudes to do our very best to make you feel better every single day. One of our main objectives at Mara Family Medicine is to see you when you need us. So feel free to come in for our walk-in hour any weekday between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. Because at Mara Family Medicine, we are bringing care back to health care. Now, John, you said you had a couple of questions about statins. Actually, I, there's a question here uh, that's come in about vaping. Oh. How about that? Excellent. Is the problem the nicotine or is it the flavoring that's in some of these devices or is it both? Well, it's both. The biggest problem is the nicotine because it does cause addiction and it also causes heart disease, uh, vascular disease, uh, various other problems as well probably. Uh, but the flavorings are an, uh, sort of an unknown entity. Uh, the belief is that the flavorings are bad because of their impact on your lungs, uh, the irritation mainly that they cause and the effect of the lungs being able to clean themselves out. Uh, but both of those things are bad. Uh, another question that, that we've got here is about regulation. So what do you see coming about that? What, what are you in favor of? Uh, it sounds like you feel uh, you've got similar ideas that you might have about cigarettes. I absolutely as do. Yes, I think that uh, anywhere you are unable to smoke, you should be unable to vape. I think that's just common sense. I think that vaping needs to be stopped in any way it can, but certainly in the public, I would not be at all surprised if thirty years from now we're talking about secondhand vape, just like we do secondhand smoke. Uh, if you're not allowed to smoke in a restaurant or a public area or a particular building, I don't think you should be allowed to vape there either. Yeah, I think that's where the question was coming from, was the secondhand smoke or vapor or whatever you want to call it. I think it has a lot of potential to do a lot of harm. Uh, another question here, are these, uh, here's a combustible question, are, they, are some of these companies that sell these items, this e-cigarettes or Juul or whatever, are they owned by the larger tobacco companies? I actually don't know the answer to that. Uh, my suspicion would be that if they're not now, they probably would be. Uh, but I actually don't know the answer to that one. That's a good question. I'll look into that. Cool. That's what we've got. Good deal. So next week, I've been playing around with the idea of what to talk about next week or next time, excuse me. So next time, we're going to talk about depression. What is depression in the clinical sense not just sadness, but what's it really like and what does it make you feel. So we're going to talk about depression next time on To Your Health.